Welcome to the Get a Grip podcast. This is episode 13. It is July 20th. We are in the midst of summer. I am back out in Las Vegas. My name is Dave Sheraton. I am the Sportsbook Consigliere at Sports BK Consig. Joining me tonight from Florida via a little side trip that last week we were on the show. He was in Colorado. He was in Michigan. He was in Nashville. Now he's back home in Jacksonville. Dan Bach, which looks like back. D, what's up? How are you, sir? Hey, man. You know, this is my third, coming off my third trip. All in regulated gambling states. At least I'm going to the right states where I can, where I can, you know, bet in these regulated books. And uh, I got news for you. I got to go to Indiana in about two weeks. So I'll have my fourth different one to go in and load up on bonuses and uh, enjoy the wonderful world of regulated sports betting in particular states. But it was a good trip. Nashville's always a fun time. Got to catch up with uh, a lot of guys over at uh, Roto Grinders and and Better Collective. And uh, and yeah, man, it's good to be back with you. I'm going to have to talk to uh, either Smiley or Adam or somebody about getting this travel budget expense um, so I can join <laughs> you on these trips. I, I, I like that. So, boys, I know you're listening to the show. Uh, we'll put that on the next meeting that we have. But you can find Dan at Dan underscore B-A-C-K. Again, it looks like back. It's pronounced Bach. But That's how you know who your real th- friends are in yeah. this industry, especially me, because there's people who I thought were my friends, and they still say my, my last name wrong, <laughs> and they just go on the shit list. So, you that's know, it. that's yeah. it. Like, I'll give you a chance to screw it up once, but at some point in time, it's like, if you don't know my name by now, like, come on, man. Man, you can only get one shot. That's it? Oh, you get one. No, you get it one says shot. B-A-C-K, Dan. You get one shot to get it wrong. And then if you cool. do it more than once, you're, 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 you're done. All right. Well, on vacation this week, our producer, uh, Dan Newbert, who's now Dan Alexander. Um, he's at newbie talks. He's down at the beach drinking all kind of beer, uh, including light beer. Uh, nothing wrong with Miller light, man. There's nothing wrong with Miller light according to him. So he's there. But joining us tonight, we have a guest. Last week, we want to thank again, Matt Rabotowski was with us, and we talked about that Matrix thing and all that other stuff. Well, tonight, we're bringing on Eric Raskin. He is at Eric Raskin, pronounced and spelled just like it sounds, R-A-S-K-I-N, the managing editor slash media director at usbets.com and also the host of the podcast Gamble On, and also... I got to meet while I was in my travels up and outside of Philadelphia, Newtown, Pennsylvania. Eric, I know it's late for you, but good evening, sir. How are you feeling? What's up? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, guys. And, you know, it's not the last name pronunciation that matters. It's the first names. We got Dan and Dave. We're in Olympic season. The best Dan and Dave to come along in nearly 30 years. Oh, we're all showing our age, but that commercial, <laughs> those were great. Those Dan and Dave commercials. I was Dave and my brother was Dan. So ah. we milked that for as much as we could back in the day while it's dude, going on. You're Bach not going to believe this, dude. My brother's name is Dave. Oh for my real. God. For real. hundred percent. This is like a Lincoln and Kennedy kind of situation. Here. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. If, if we could talk to somebody, maybe a better collective, maybe we can recreate the Dan and Dave, like, I don't know, videos. Maybe we can come up with something, Dan. I don't know. I think, oh, De- I think we're on to something. Yeah, Devin, the producer. There you go. Let's see if, right. what, what you can come up with for this Dan, uh, Olympic Dave, season. Devin, Dan. 
Thank goodness Eric's name begins with an E. But all right. So listen, I mean, you know, you do a lot of stuff. You talk about the business and all kinds of things and and, and write articles. We spoke this past week about fading the public and and, and what that means. That was a great piece you wrote. Uh, I really enjoyed it. You can find that, you know, on your Twitter feed as well, but also on the website. We talked about that. And I might mention that here, but the first order of business is you're a boxing guy. Okay. Now, before we get to the fight that we want to preview and things like that, I just want to ask you, I've seen it now in the books and I've seen it on social media and gambling, Twitter and all this, the UFC by my perception has surpassed boxing betting. And I, it, it doesn't kill me, but it's hard to watch because I love boxing. I'm a, I'm a tremendous boxing fan, always have been. Do you see that as being a boxing guy and being around the game for as long as you have? And what can boxing do to fix that? Uh, I, I'm coming, from a, coming at it from the same perspective as you. I'm a, I'm a boxing guy. I never got into MMA. It doesn't really appeal to me. I don't hate it, but it's just not my thing. But this has been coming for a while now. This has been probably a good 15 years of trending in this direction. And I'd say a a good five to 10 years that MMA has been more popular overall than boxing. Certainly with the younger set, uh, MMA has taken over. They're both niche sports, right? Neither of them is quite fully mainstream, but I think it's fair to say MMA, UFC specifically, is closer to the mainstream right now than boxing is. what can boxing do about it? Uh, it's hard to it's hard to undo 40 years or so of shooting yourself in the foot, marginalizing yourself, putting all your best fights on pay-per-view, having way too many alphabet title belts so that nobody knows who the real champion in any division is. Uh, I don't see it reversing anytime soon. Boxing will remain what it is, which is a great and popular cult sport globally tremendously popular within America, more and more marginalized. And I, I don't see it recapturing the crown, at least in the States from, uh, from MMA. Does it bother you to see the Jake Paul stuff and this, all these fights and what's happened to boxing betting? Because I mean, I have teenagers and they couldn't wait to watch those fights. Mm. And then they were like, well, who's the favorite? And I was trying to explain it. And I was like, this isn't really a fight. And it was, it was talk about shooting yourself in the foot. They just ended it for me. Like showing that and kind of being intertwined with boxing and betting. I was like, Oh no. As the kids say, it was really cringe. It was bad. (laughs) So I didn't like it. Am I wrong? Or are you uh, on board with that one at all? Um, I'm not on board with it. It doesn't entertain me, but I'm not opposed to it either. I think it does speak to, how naturally appealing boxing is as a just as a raw sport that you couldn't take Jake Paul and put him in a celebrity golf challenge and get a big audience. You couldn't take Jake Paul and have him step up to the plate to try to hit uh, Jake DeGrom's fastball and have anyone care. There is something raw and natural and appealing about boxing that Uh, People want to see two guys fight, especially if they're familiar with the guy from watching him on YouTube all these years. So I understand the basic appeal of it. And I'll give him credit that he's taking it seriously. He's trained. He's become competent. Is he world class? Absolutely not. Would he get his ass absolutely handed to him by any kind of a professional (laughs) boxer? Certainly. But as long as he keeps fighting washed MMA guys in a boxing ring, he can keep doing well. Well, and he's got one coming up against Woodley. And one thing that I found interesting about that fight 
is this is going this is supposedly like a some sort of sanctioned fight where um they're going to have judges barstool sportsbook is the sponsor i i haven't looked on barstool yet on their on their book but i'm pretty sure this one is going to be on the board where we know the logan paul fight versus uh, mayweather really wasn't available on on right. any regulated book to actually happen but it looks like this next one with jake paul is going to be and i find that interesting and also interesting that you know you have a sports book as the main sponsor here of it and yeah i'm very curious to see because i agree with you i think this trend is not going to slow down for the reasons that you mentioned but i'll be curious to see if they become more i don't say real but more bettable than maybe what we saw with Mayweather and uh, and Logan Paul. Yeah, this is a completely different setup than the Mayweather Logan Paul fight, which was billed as an exhibition. They were, you know, fifty pounds apart weight wise <laughs> at the scales, and they and once they announced that there would not be any official judges, I think that was when the sports books kind of had no <laughs> choice but to not offer it because the only thing you can then bet on is that one guy's going to knock out the other. Um, so this is a legit sanctioned fight. They're not world-class professional boxers. They're basically somewhere in between amateurs and pros. Um, but it, it's a, it's a legitimate matchup between two guys in the same weight class with judges sanctioned, not called an exhibition at all. So yeah, I assume the, the betting will be pretty significant on this fight. And the little that I know about, uh Woodley and and the matchup and the fighters it sounds like the odds should be fairly close I don't think there's a clear-cut uh prohibitive favorite in this one yeah these things are hard to make lines for period but then the more volume you do you have to really be good and and try not to miss and and maybe get too one-sided I don't think you'll see this thing jump around too much it'll be stay close to pick up probably lean a little bit as high as 150 maybe either way or whatever and come back now, before we let you go, I got to ask you about a fight that has had enormous line movement that this is a legit fight. This is these are two professional fighters, one aging legend and one real up and coming. I mean, arguably one of the best pound for pound fighters in the world. Errol Spence is fighting Manny Pacquiao August 21st. OK, uh, you told me the line opened as high as like $4, maybe a little bit higher. Current line across some books is like 280 as low as $220. Um, e, <laughs> is this a replay of one of the greatest betting opportunities ever that we all in the fight game and in the sportsbook business got a very nice piece of? <laughs> you are you are alluding, of course, to the Mayweather McGregor fight. Oh which is, yes, which yes. is the the sporting event from the last X years that every oh. sharp better refers to as the easiest money they ever made. Ever, <laughs> ever. And yeah, this is similar. It's not quite as much of a slam dunk because Conor McGregor was not a boxer, and therefore it was almost impossible to see him winning. Whereas. Manny Pacquiao is an all-time great boxer, and there are paths to victory for him. Nevertheless, when the fight opened with Spence minus 450, minus 480, somewhere in that range, even at that price, I thought, wow, that's a pretty good price on Errol Spence. <laughs> and then the line started moving. The Manny Pacquiao money 
must have started coming in at every single book. That line was getting shorter and shorter. And when I saw Spence get down to minus 310, I was like, I, I, I got to jump on that. This is a guy who's about 90% to win this fight in my mind. And he's, and he's minus 310. I got to put some money on it. And then it kept coming down. <laughs> and at minus 260, I bet it again. And I'm right. not, I'm not a big better. I right, love, I love the, the thrill of the competition, having a little sweat on it. But I bet pretty small amounts. I went in on my first bet for about five times my normal betting right. amount. And then I did it again for the second one. So I have a lot more of my bankroll invested in this fight than I normally would because I just can't believe what good value we're getting on, on Spence here. And the line has kept moving down. It's as low as minus 220 at one book. And I'm tempted. Do I, do I continue to invest in this? Yeah, it's 220 at DraftKings right now looking yeah. at it. And uh, so how do you expect this to go? Because I always love to especially you know i mean money's money i mean if we think spence is going to win he's going to win but do you think if this is knockout do you think this is uh going more of the distance how do you think this fight will go and uh you know what which path might we consider to try and get even even lesser odds if we wanted to yeah that's a great question they haven't started uh posting the method of victory props anywhere that i've yeah. seen yet so i'm not quite sure how they're balancing the, the decision versus the knockout. There is some mystery as to whether Pacquiao will show significant decline from his last fight. So his, his last fight was a, is part of the reason that people are betting on him here is he gave a great performance as a slight, opened as a slight underdog, closed as a slight favorite against Keith Thurman two years ago um, and <laughs> won a, won a narrow decision at age 40 over a relatively prime Keith Thurman and it's a great crowning victory. And then he didn't fight for a little while. COVID came along. He didn't fight during that. It's been two years. He's 42 now. Mm. And Errol Spence is one level up from Keith Thurman, I would say. Um, so if Manny Pacquiao is basically the same guy we saw against Thurman, I would say probably Spence by clear-cut decision is the most likely outcome. Yep. If he's that much more used up after two years out of the ring and two years of just aging. I mean, we know, we, we know you, you hit, you hit that four zero number and uh, every couple of days uh, takes its toll on you. So who knows exactly which Manny Pacquiao we get. The one thing that I have a really hard time seeing though, is a Manny Pacquiao that finds a way to win this fight. And, and that's why I, I don't know that I would necessarily pick a decision or, or knockout type of prop unless they're priced in such a way that I can't resist but just the straight up Errol Spence to win. I find these odds again, not quite Mayweather against McGregor, but the closest thing boxing has seen since then. Certainly. I could tell you this, E, uh, before we let you go, I was in the books in Vegas for both. I was in the books in Vegas for the Mayweather McGregor fight. And also for the um, Manny Pacquiao Mayweather fight, people were bringing money to the sports book to bet on Manny Pacquiao from their home countries like they were bringing in in bags and containers and things like this and they weren't even speaking english they were just saying pacquiao pacquiao <laughs> dumping it on the counter we were running we were running coins it was insane he's still that guy to a lot of people right and he's being bet that way but realistically i don't think he can last the full fight if he does i don't know how many rounds he can win 
So this is close. This isn't the dump all in and maybe make a second or third bet without telling the wife, like to get a little <laughs> bit of spending cash. But I used to say like, there's a couple times when you got to come out of retirement. That's what I would do. Um, <laughs> I think this, if this gets below $2, this is a come out of retirement bet minus 180. And then Spence by decision will be priced at pickup. If it's mm -hmm. minus 180 to win both ways, it, it, it'll be even less odds to win by decision. The knockout e one will be too high. I don't even think this this fight has even hit like close to the the hype yet either. Right. I mean, no. that's the crazy thing about it is we haven't even hit August yet. We're going to have three more weeks once we do. And, uh, you know, I think that late money is potentially going to even continue to fall Pacquiao's way. I'd be surprised if it, if it would go to spend. So, you know, I, I don't think it's impossible that it, it falls below, you know, that $2 price. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious just to see what the late action is going to look like. I would assume that when the Pacquiao fans descend upon Vegas for the fight, like you were just talking about with the, with the, when he fought Mayweather, that, it's going to get even closer. And then at what point are the sharps really going to pounce? That's what I'm curious to see. It could be one of those where it gets, goes under $2. And then suddenly by the time the fight starts, it's back up to $3. Because they're right. not betting in now, right? Like if no, they it were, doesn't seem like yeah. it. they don't need to, unless, then, unless you're counting me as one of the sharps. Right. <laughs> well, then, I, I don't move lines. <laughs> the bad guys came in on that fight. The day of the fight, mm -hmm. it was afternoon on the day of the fight. I remember taking duffel bags of cash. It was, you know, because we were taking to win a hundred thousand on that fight, and they came and came on Mayweather repeatedly. Um, it was like the week of for the McGregor fight. It wasn't. It was the day of for the Pacquiao fight. They waited until the absolute bottom and then pounded it. But all right. Go to bed. We appreciate <laughs> you joining us. He is Eric Raskin. It's at Eric, R-A-S-K-I-N, the managing editor slash media director at usbets.com. Also the host of the podcast, Gamble On, and also written writing articles all the time. Follow him on Twitter. Thanks for joining us, E. Go watch the rest of this basketball game, and uh, we'll be talking to you soon. How's the dog, by the way? The dog's good? <laughs> Otis is good. Yep. I didn't let him in the room here with me while we're recording, but uh, Otis is great. Thank you for asking and pleasure to be on get a grip guys. All right. That was uh, Eric Raskin. Uh, again, he's at Eric Raskin, the managing editor, media director, usbets.com. Thank him for joining us. Dan, the show get a grip can be found at sports handle, which is at sports underscore handle as well, where you'll find a bunch of great articles and, and writers and things like that. Like, Rivaltowski, we're going to have hopefully some other people on. Um, I circle back, uh, Dan Bach at Dan underscore B A C K, myself, Dave Sherapin at Sports BK Consig for Sportsbook Consigliere. Okay, enough of that. You went away. I did. You got to, again, play with apps, look at apps, try to build bets, all kinds of things. You had a text to me that you have to bring to the table here for the listeners because people are doing it all over or trying to do it and getting a little bit frustrated. What was your experience? Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I realize that like parlay betting is like sucker betting more times than not. Um, but I also like love to, you know, bet a little, win a lot like everybody else. So it's I, fun. It's, it's fun. okay it's to fun. say it. It's, it's okay. fun. It is fun. And, and 
you know, all the data kind of shows it in terms of like, that's what a lot of these new casual players are doing. And I think a, a big reason why FanDuel in particular, their app has been so successful is they have the easiest parlay builder, I think, out of any of the apps. It is it's good. Not, it's not even close. It's, you know, they, they often show on their app, you know, the, the bets that you can use in a same game parlay where the problem that I was running into all weekend long was I tried to build a parlay and I'd constantly get those bets can't be used in <laughs> a parlay. <laughs> and I understand, and I understand that like, you know, correlating events and so forth, like that's a negative for sports books here. Okay. I get that, but a, they need to build better technology to, you know, have the odds account for that in a parlay. And that's what, you know, FanDuel has done in a lot of their, their same game parlay mm -hmm. builders. So, mm -hmm. you know, if you're betting the over on two things that are correlated, you're going to get lesser odds. But today, for example, I was looking at college football and I wanted to bet conference winners, you know, in the uh, SEC and the Big Ten and I think, you know, a third Big conference. Yeah, yeah, Big 12. So I had like three teams um, to win their conferences. Yep. And, you know, they were all varying to what, plus 250, uh, you know, minus 165 like they weren't they weren't huge numbers but i i looked and i tried to to parlay these together because i thought it'd be more fun to have all these in one bet sweat them all then try to bet them individually and right. the books wouldn't let me freaking do it yeah. and i don't understand because <laughs> these bets weren't they're, they're not correlated because this was a conference winner this wasn't you know, betting one team to win the conference, parlaying it with them to win the national championship. I get it. Okay. There is a correlation involved in that. But in this particular bet, um, none of the three outcomes had any correlation whatsoever. Mm -hmm. They were future bets. <laughs> if you're a sports book, you want to take this bet every freaking time it comes up. Every time. Every time. And I don't know why this technology has not been solved to make it more clear or at least allow more of these wagers because it's what people like to bet. And it sucks to constantly get the, you can't parlay these, these things together. And yep. it's, it's a big pain point, I think, for a lot of customers. I can tell you this firsthand. It's brutal to explain at the counter why you can't do it because you can't. There's no other reason why, because the book doesn't want to take it or the damn technology isn't made to correlate those. It's because they're in a certain subset or in a certain, they're set up a certain way. They're unparlayable. Now, uh, the guys at Circa have made futures parlayable. You can actually do it here. It's the only book in town that I know of that ever even tried it. And I know the software that they're using and knowing that at least that change was made, that is encouraging. Now, from the book's perspective, I want you to parlay as much shit as you want. Exactly. Put it together, as many things as you like. And what it pays out, it pays out. I would rather you do five games, six games, seven game parlays are great and from the book's perspective. Now, when it comes time for college football season and you're round robbing all these games and this and that, you got to be on alert. You have yeah. to watch. That's the other reason, Dan, that maybe I don't know how many books will actually admit it. 
But if you got to take these parlays, that means taking on a lot more risk. And that means actually watching them, which again is a technology issue. Sometimes some of this sports betting software doesn't account for these parlays. You don't see all of the exposure. Mm-hmm. So you go to grade at the end of the season, Texas A&M wins the SEC. You had it. Oklahoma was your big 12 choice and Ohio state was your big, you know, big 10 choice. Okay. You hit your three teamer, but I didn't see that until I hit post of the last one and go, Whoa, how did we lose, you know, 60,000 on that? Oh, well, this guy had this parlay and a bunch of other people did too. Sometimes books would rather not take the bets then take the risk involved with those bets and not know. So I'm not saying it's right. I'm saying if I was running a book, I mean, like, you know, back in my days when I was offshore, I would have let you parlay any damn thing you wanted. Right. I mean, but the other frustrating thing is the consumer is the only way, you know, is by trying it. And you just get these dumbass, stupid messages that frustrate you. And there's no back and forth. The next sports betting software that develops a way for a customer to go in a, in a DM or some sort of instantaneous to, you know, say, Hey, why can't I parlay this? And someone actually take the time real time and answer you will be, will be a complete, you know, groundbreaker that will set apart you from everything. Yeah. And because, I mean, I, I, I get what you're saying. I think this is definitely technology is the problem because I could parlay across different sports. No problem. I could do college and then do an NFL one. But for whatever reason, it did not view these multiple college bets as something that they wanted to take at the same time. And I think the way they, they should do it. And again, like this is me spouting off, not knowing how like these apps are built and the structure behind it. But the fact of the matter is there should be somebody there that either approves or says no, rather than just not allowing it, period. Because I promise you, I was not betting 5K on this on this parlay. This was uh, a a hundred bucks, 200 bucks. Maybe the payout was three grand or something when it was all done. It wasn't game changing money by any measure, but I think customers should be given that opportunity um, to get approval because like you say, more times than not, the books want these type of bets and, and that sucked. But I'll tell you what didn't suck was, man, I love live betting golf. I love it. I was, <laughs> I was, I was watching the open championship and I got Colin Marikawa. I had to lay minus 300, but right. it was at the ninth hole. He had a three stroke lead with nine holes to play and right. hadn't bogeyed in like 30 holes. Yep. Uh, and I was like, minus 300. I was like, this number should be like minus 500. So yep. I hit. And then I think the next hole, Spieth made birdie. So he was only a two stroke lead, dropped it down to 225. I said, hey, yep. I love it at minus 300. I love it at, at minus 225. Hit it again. Yep. And then hit it again. And I'll, I'll tell you what, like, I think I was surprised that the one thing I was surprised about that is, you know, they took a good amount of change on those live bets. Like I thought I would be limited to two, three, 500 bucks and I'm dropping 1500 easy in real time on these bets. And I was just 
Humble brag, by the way. Humble no, brag. no. I mean, but it just felt like <laughs> it felt like free money because I knew that yes. Morikawa wasn't going to lose, especially once we saw, you know, Ustazen soil his pants and, uh, and you know, speed <laughs> right. to speed. So um, I felt good about it. I made up, you know, whatever losses I – I had previously, it was a great weekend altogether, but I love that live betting, man. That is, that it's, is fun. It's incredible, right? I actually tweeted about it on Sunday morning. I was coach, up coaching the kids and we finished the tournament Saturday. So I was, I love watching the open championship, by the way, just on my time zone, because you got to get up in the middle of the night and watch it. And it was, you know, everybody's quiet, sleeping, and I'm watching this golf going, he's going to win this. He's going to win this. And then watching, I actually tweeted it. I took a picture of it when it was minus two 30. And I was like, all right, you love to go pre pre flop and pre tournament, hit those 35 to one shots yeah. and this and that the end game has so much value. And totally. I keep telling this people all the time. If you're watching it, you play golf. So, you know, I do too. I'm watching it going, he ain't losing his tournament unless he trips and falls down one of these hills or steps in a bunker wrong and rolls his ankle. He is so dialed in and not one of these guys chasing him is going to catch yeah. him. So yeah. I was with you. I was like, you know, okay, that's the time. Live golf betting is electric, especially, yeah. I mean, obviously for the majors, it's different, um, but that's a good point. We don't give out picks on the shows, and talk, we, but we talk about the business, the business of golf betting live is only going up. I think it's, yeah. it, it just really engages you. There's enough time between shots and it's very user-friendly. So, yeah, and I think DraftKings just did a deal with Northern trust and then the, the WGC in Tennessee. So both those tournaments are in States that have um, regulated oh. betting. So they're, they're, you know, primed to kind of, they're doing chalets and all sorts of stuff that oh boy. I'm sure they're going to push the, the, the betting in, but you know, I, we've talked about it before on this show that I'm with you. I think it's uh, I'm extremely bullish on it, but just, you know, even from the casual perspective, it was just, it's just fun and easy. Cause you're right. We do love hitting the long shots, but values value. If, if, I, if yeah. I looked at something and said, they're off, you know, two bucks on this, like this should be minus 500 yep. and it was minus 300. Hey, who cares if I got to lay money? It's, you know, EVs in my, in my corner here. I feel right. like I'm getting the right advantage and that's what we should be doing. We're betting. No question. And you could see it as each hole progressed, it yep. jumped really quick. That price never existed again. That was it. So, yeah. you know, when you get the best price and it wins, it's just, you know, another double bragger. Yeah, <laughs> it, it feels good. It feels uh, good. You know, what else feels good? The Olympics every four years, right? So, you, you know, it's, it's, it's for people that love it, like it, whatever. It draws interest. Now, with all these sports books and the passing of PASPA in 2018, we have Olympic betting. And Mike Seeley wrote an article at Sports Handle, uh, interviewed some people about Olympic betting. I'll give you my take real quick on it. It's a lot of hype about nothing. There's just not yeah. a lot of interest in it the last couple times i've been in a book here in vegas now granted it was just vegas we had a very limited menu just the team sports and just the sports that were really in prime time live making lines and trying to take bets on stuff that's either tape delayed or on the other side of the world is almost impossible the games are in japan we're here in las vegas i i fully expect to see very minimal um offerings here but now with books all over, I think you're going to see more. 
And like Mike's article talked to a bunch of people, Sammy P and stuff said, well, this is going to be the biggest amount of Olympic betting we've ever seen. Of course it is because we, we, we have books actually <laughs> yeah. taking bets on it. So, you know, say, take that course. with a great assault, but like, are you an Olympic guy, Dan? I mean, cause Dan and yeah. Dave, they were, but I like certain things, but there's a lot of stuff. I just don't. Mm. And the thought of me betting it, let alone making odds on like the weightlifting competition or the judo competition and stuff. I mean, I was in the book last time and they're like, Hey, do you want to do track and field odds? I'm like, do I want to do it? No. If I don't have to, I mean, you're going to fire me. If I don't, I don't want to touch it because it's too hard to try to find research and stuff. Do you have any interest in it? Are you going to make any Olympic bets? Um, Probably not. Although I will say whatever Simone Biles is, just lay it because she's going to win everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she's But great. she's oh. like the best ever. Yes. But uh, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, there's so many issues here and especially this year with it being in what five time zones away out there in, in, in Japan, it's, it's makes it an absolute nightmare, both on the bookmakers and the people who, who might want to bet it. I'm not expecting big action. Um, I think, you know, maybe some Olympic basketball, I've actually seen some odds change a good bit on that. Uh, The U S is going in the opposite direction. Yes. And a lot of the other teams are, uh, are gaining some steam after a couple, I mean, freaking Keldon Johnson and what's his face? Um, the guy who Shaq hates, um, JaVale McGee. Uh, JaVale yeah. McGee is on the, the U.S. Olympic team. Yep. Think about yep. that for a second. That's nope. all you need to I know. I don't want to think about yeah. that. Yeah. So um, there's actually a little bit of money kind of rolling in on these on these other teams, but you know, I, I, you're not. I mean, I don't think I'm betting swimming. Will I watch it? Sure. Probably. Um, but. You know, if it's tape delayed, will I watch it? No, if I know the outcome. Uh, it's it's just, a, it's kind of a mess. And, and then the other thing to, to consider too is like COVID is going to rear its head in these games. No, no like, doubt. Uh, yep. It already is. And yep. we haven't even seen it with, you know, the marquee individual events. Like imagine if someone like Simone Biles comes down with COVID and she can't compete. Like you're talking about somebody oh, who's boy. probably like a minus... 5,000 favorite to, to, to win all around. And, you know, I'm not saying she's going to get it, but if she did just think about how that, that would change everything. So uh, I'll probably stay away from it. Watch it from afar. Uh, definitely. We'll watch the golf. That's always fun. But, right. um, and here's the, here's, you want a tip? Here's your tip. Here's your betting tip. We don't get picks, okay. but the Korean golfers, uh-huh. you know, if you're in, if you're from South Korea, you have to do um, a, uh, a military stint like it's it's basically as far as part i know of your like, life part of your life like at some yeah. point in time you got to do a, a year or two in the military the only exception could you do is, that just just before you get to your point could you actually do that i could never do it i don't think i could i mean not now <laughs> you know do i think <laughs> i do i think i could have when i was like 22 probably but yeah. um, I mean, but I pledged now. a fraternity and that was hard. I yeah. had to take shit about doing that. I don't know how I could stand there sometimes and do all that. I give these people full, unbelievable credit for doing it and thank everyone for their service. And thank you that I don't have to do it. But go Absolutely. ahead. Absolutely. But, I, I, but I, again, the, the point is the the one way to get out of it is if you medal in the Olympics. Oh. So that's why you had Sung J.M. and Siwoo Kim. Neither of those two guys played in the open championship because they wanted to prepare for the olympics so they went to the course they've been scouting it out because they have 
huge incentive to, to podium in this golf tournament because it saves them from having to stop their very lucrative professional golf career wow, how about to that? do their military. So if you want a narrative, you want narrative street for your Olympic golf, bet Sung JM or uh, Siwoo Kim. <laughs> I like it. Wow. Nice little nugget right there. Yeah. Thank you for uh, that. He is at <laughs> Dan underscore Bach, which is spelled back and a uh, little golf tip there. So hopefully that comes in and I hope one of those guys actually makes the middle stand and he's out. Too. Like, like imagine if, imagine if you're the, imagine if you're like on that 18th hole and you're like in fourth place and you know, like if I bogey this hole, um, if I bogey this hole, I'll fall to fourth and Sung JM gets the bronze and doesn't have to do military th- service. Man. And like, I, I mean, I feel like, yeah, you want to do the best you can. <laughs> you want to represent your country, but if you're buddies with Sung Jay, like I wouldn't hate bogey knowing that like are, it's are, only are you a bronze out medal. on purpose. Is that I what you're might, doing? Are you I might. that thing short? I mean, wouldn't I mean that that's a huge commitment. I'm making like, you put a two footer. Sung Jay golf, you're putting the two footer. Sung Jay will. That's it. He'll he'll pay it back. I promise. You'll have like free dinners. For like uh, the rest of the year on the tour, but okay. um, I don't know. So we'll, I, I'm definitely cheering for those guys too. For the you know, oh, I want to see that. I am now. I know we'll be watching the softball in this house. Um, we've already been talking about it, looking at it. The first game is actually tonight before the opening ceremonies, which is ridiculous. They shouldn't play stuff before the opening ceremonies. But the USA is a nine and a half run line favorite. You're minus nine <laughs> oh, and a wow. half, minus one ten. The total in the game is 11 and a half. And I explained it to somebody earlier today on one of the shows I did on Sirius XM. This is like the football game that's coming in the fall when Alabama plays directional state. They're 30 minus 38. The total is 45 and a half. You're basically betting whether the team they're playing is going to score one zero or more than one. And you can't correlate. You want to talk about parlays. You cannot parlay minus 38 and over 45. You cannot do it because that is a correlated parlay, despite what Dan wants <laughs> to parlay. I'm just giving you shit. You know um, here's the question, though. Is <laughs> yeah. is there, like, a slaughter rule in Olympics? Or, like, yes. uh, you know, yes, once you get a- up by 15 runs, it's over? Like, I- 15 after three, 10 after four, and eight after five. Oh, so okay. if you're up at any point of those points in that inning, then the game is over. So you have so to be eight careful. after five. So after if five. they were up at eight after five, they eight wouldn't stops. cover that. And they wouldn't cover Correct. that number. Correct. Okay. So basically you're betting in that first game that the game does is, is a run rule is, is going to be a run rule before the end of the fourth inning, they're going to be up 10 and they cover, but will the other team score? Do you bet over 11 and a half or under? I think I would bet actually as ridiculous as it sounds over or lay the run line minus nine and a half, but take under 11 and a half. It's probably going to be a shutout. S- silly bet but i thought we don't give do. i thought we don't give picks here Dave. we don't give picks forget all that shit <laughs> we gotta get out here before we do all right so we trade text and we kind of come up with ideas for you know what we're going to talk about this best ball thing now i'm yeah. going to just throw it to you because you're the fantasy guy explain best ball to non-golfers and explain why someone would want to <laughs> even the hell get involved in fantasy golf with this best ball stuff. it's not even fantasy golf so there you go that's why you're you're 
you're you're very clueless on this fantasy. It's actually fantasy football, and it's called best ball. What? Yes, it's called. This isn't even golf. No, this is fantasy football. I thought that was a golf icon. It, it, no, I mean best ball. It sounds like it should be golf. Yeah. I mean that that obviously is the golf term, but no. What it is is it's it's season long fantasy football, and I know okay. we're just like ah, roll my eyes. I'm a gambler. I want the instant gratification. I get it. But why this is really booming right now is because it gives you the absolute best out of fantasy football, which is the draft, and uh-huh. then none of the management that goes along. So basically what you do is you draft an 18-team. It's like a snake draft, just like you okay. do with your buddies. You do 18 rounds, and you have this huge roster of teams. And basically what happens is each week your best lineup is created from those 18 players. So you're not, you don't have to pick the lineup. It just automatically gives you your optimum lineup. Absolutely. It it gives you the optimal lineup each week. And so therefore you, so we've dummified fantasy football. Yes, we have. Um, But it's great because again, what do we love to do? We all love to draft. That's the most exciting part of it. You hate the management that goes along with it, but you love the sweat. You love to be able to check your app and see how you're doing each week, you know, and how your teams are. So, I mean, this is big. This has turned into a big deal. DraftKings and a new site called Underdog Sports uh, both Mm. have tournaments for this. Three and a half million dollar prize pools with one million dollar up top. And it's absolutely incredible. These, these turn, because the best thing about it, Dave, is they take about like, 35, maybe 40 minutes to draft. It's the perfect thing to do when you're out on a walk, if you're sitting at your kid's swim practice. Uh, if you're looking to kill a little bit of time, you can draft a team, spend anywhere from three bucks to 20 bucks, you're done. And then you got something to sweat for, you know, 16 weeks of the regular season. And who knows, maybe you run into uh, a million bucks at the end of it. Uh, obviously, a lot of things need to break your way, but there's some strategy involved with it as well. We're setting up a new site called spike week um part of a better collective family that uh is going to really address this because this is like the fastest growing thing in fantasy sports i've seen since you know dfs so uh if you haven't tried it we got some stuff at roto grinders but you know DraftKings and, and underdog fantasy sports they're the two brands that are really leading this charge and uh it's just a ton of fun so if you like season long fantasy football but you hate the maintenance that goes along with it it's a pretty good game for you. Wow. I like it. Um, I guess, do, do, do you think people will, I mean, once your team, you're never out of it? Like, is it a, it, can you win weekly prizes or is this like a, a cumulative, the million dollars is for yeah. the best result the whole season? The way that it works for the million dollar tournament, it is, it goes through like week 14. Okay. You got to win your league. You're like in a 12, you know, you're okay. in your league, you're a 12 man okay. league. If you yeah. win your league, then all the winners will advance to play against each other gotcha. in another okay. league. And then if you win that one, you go into week 16, you win that one. The championship is week 17 and you have about like 200 some odd teams in that week 17. Wow. So it's, it's, it's fun because you feel like, you know, and if, if you win your league, you're going to cash, you know, they're right. it's, it's not all top heavy. So if you win your league, you're going to get some money back. But each time you advance, you're making more money along the way. And the way to do it really is to kind of build a portfolio of teams and exposures. 
And, you know, we talk about correlations and parlays earlier. Correlating these teams is really, I think, the strategic move is in your typical season long leagues, you're really not betting or, or drafting quarterbacks and wide receivers from the same team because it's not the optimal way to play. But in right. this format where it's just taking your, your peak or your spike weeks from each player, you really want to shoot for those games where you have Matt Ryan throwing to Calvin Ridley and Ridley Hell scores yeah. two touchdowns and you get two touchdowns there from Matt Ryan too. So in this format, stacking your, your, your players is, is really, really important, especially towards the end when, you know, you really need these, these big games from certain players to advance. So uh, there is strategy that goes along with, it's not picking blind, but right. uh, it's, it's something that, you know, I think is appeals to both casual people who don't want to deal with the maintenance and then, sharps who are like like i just talked about looking to build a portfolio around certain oh, yeah. players and and uh it's it's really interesting and, and i'm i'm super impressed with how it's how it's scaling as its own kind of version of fantasy sports who do i've been doing that stacking up and trying to do that for years and then i got out of doing fantasy when i got you know it was too much to do the book and do oh, the fantasy it's yeah. it was you know trying to book games and you know, I mean, at, at our peak, we were handling a billion dollars a year. Like it was mm -hmm. just, it was a lot of work between futures and regular straight bets and people walking in wanting to bet, you know, quarter of a million dollars on a football game. I couldn't worry about whether, you know, Clinton Portis was going to score a touchdown. Like it, it just had to, it had to kind of go away. Especially um, back then, yeah. but now player props, and we can talk about this in another episode because yeah. that's its own thing. That's mark. Those markets are, are starting to boom more with oh. this regulated market happening and uh the demand i think part of it is because of fantasies because people are already familiar with you know the following 100%, yeah i mean we were we started innovating it uh i had a guy named frankie that i worked with he's now at sports illustrator but he you know came up with like we started to group guys you know the best rushing day out of these four you could pick and we did parlay cards for fantasy football and everybody was like what are you guys doing what well, do you guys have any idea how many people are actually watching this stuff and now this sounds like this is going to be the next big thing so um it's pretty interesting it's called best ball and i'm glad you uh you clarified it for me because really in the rundown i thought it was a golf thing it now sure it's sounds like it yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah so uh, but this little icon that was in there i thought that was a golf ball but apparently that's not anything. I don't know what that was. It might have been a, might have been a smudge on my on my phone now that I look at it. But all right, so newbie's not here. Last week we discussed how he, um, you know, basically changed his name from Dan Newbert to Dan Alexander, and he explained it on our podcast, Cash Considerations. He went off about it, this and that. I'll ask you this before I let you go. He talked about we had a we ran a Twitter poll. You got to drink light beer. Okay. Yeah. You have to do it. I mean, people, you know, don't like to do it like the beer snobs, craft beer. We don't drink light beer anymore, but if you did, yeah. And you had your choice between Coors Light, Miller Light and Bud Light. Would you, which one would you just stomach? Like, listen, I got to do it. It's part of the deal. I got to drink one. Which one are you okay. touching? Which one do you get? I'll answer that. But I'll also give an put an asterisk next to this answer. Yingling light is what I would actually go with. That's I'm a great. big Yingling fan. Oh, boy. Yingling light 
tastes really good. It's way more like flavorful than those other three that you mentioned. So that would be my choice. But out of those, I'd probably say, I don't know, probably Coors Light 1, Miller Light 2, Bud Light 3. But again, it's, Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, it is what it is. Like, okay. you know, I don't drink a lot of light beer. I right. do have some Yingling light in the house. So Ooh. that's the one that I would, uh, I would indulge in. Okay. We'll talk to Yingling about sponsoring the show. Yeah. I would reverse Welcome, it. Then. I would go Bud Light, Miller Light, Coors Light. I can't stand mm. Coors Light. It tastes like just, I, I, I drank it in college. I can't touch it now. Bush Light, highly underrated back in the day in college it was cheap. natural light in your world natty light natty light was in there too yeah i mean it was in a fraternity miller right? high life lights the thing Ooh. about miller high life light that Ooh. was great back in the college days wow. was they came in 30 packs not 24 <laughs> cases so it felt like you were getting the extra six beers and uh you know they were all terrible but you got six you extra just, so you did and it didn't matter back then now we're all like a little bit older like how do we even drink that like i can't even smell that shit anymore but all right i just had to mention that so if he listens back to the show he knows we're thinking about him he's dan newbert at newbie talks although he's dan alexander at newbie talks n-e-u-b-y t-a-l-k-s um, the show get a grip at sports handle at sports underscore handle. Um, also want to give Brett a shout out at Brett Smiley. I mean, he wrote a couple really good articles this past week. That one about his, you know, he's done with baseball. I love baseball. I can't believe he's done with baseball, but he wrote about that. He writes about a lot of other things. You can find him on Twitter there. And from a partner here, Dan Bach, D a N underscore B a C K. Um, it's been a pleasure. Thank you, sir. We are under the time limit again. We pulled it off again. You can lay that 165 that we got the episode done. I am Dave Sherapin, the Sportsbook Consigliere at SportsBK Consig. Thank you for listening to Get a Grip. Listen, rate, follow, review the show for us. Continue to get listens. We appreciate all of you listening. Thank you. We'll talk to you guys next week.